Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, June 19th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. How's everyone doing? How is everyone doing tonight? Happy Juneteenth. Just kidding. Just kidding. Does anyone really care about Juneteenth? I know I don't. I didn't even know it was a national holiday. I just, I've forgotten that Joe Biden had made it a national holiday. Um, and uh, let's see, hold on. I have to do this here. I have to make sure people can call in. There we go. Okay. Now people can call in. Depends on what phone you do these things on. When I do it on an iPhone, I don't have to enable that so people can call in. But when I do it on my other phone, my Samsung phone, I have to actually enable, hit per, press a button, which enables to p- people to call in. So we always want to do that. Why would you make the call-ins private? I don't really understand that. I don't get the idea of making the whole call-in thing private. That doesn't make any sense to me. What do you have, special people you just allow to call in? Is it just people who agree? This is like these people on Twitter who um, lock their account so only people who they know can respond. What, what is the po- what's the point of being on Twitter? What's the point of being in a public forum if you're not going to allow everyone the free and open exchange of ideas and opinions? I mean, that's what... Twitter's all about. That's what the that's what the public uh, forum is all about. I never understood that. People just want people who agree with them. Is that it? People who they agree with, people who they're not going to offend them with a differing opinion. People are defending me, or offending me all the time with differing opinions. Always, constantly. I'm bombarded on Twitter with people who have absolutely asinine opinions, yet I don't I don't not allow those opinions. I don't not let myself take in those opinions, even though they're totally asinine and dumb, stupid. I still allow myself to see them. I don't find it offensive. I don't find it offensive to see stupid, dumb comments. I'm not offended by it at all. If people want to be idiots, if they want to be ignoramuses, that's up to them. But why would I not want to see those comments? I don't understand. I never, I never got that. But there are a lot of people on Twitter who do that, you know, who just won't let people who they don't know respond. And it's very bizarre. Very bizarre. Well, I, once again, I'm doing this show from New York. So I'm in New York right now. Right now I'm in New York doing the show. So it's uh, just after, what time is it? 11 p.m. Eastern time now as I speak, just after 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. If you're in, let's see, if you're in Denver, Colorado, we'll do a time check, a little time check. Um, if you're in Denver, Colorado, it's just after 9 p.m. If you're in Chicago, Illinois, Chicago, Chicago, it's just after 10 p.m. Uh, so that's the time check. You know, a lot happened over the weekend. There was so much going on. I found myself spending an inordinate amount of time on Twitter while I'm on, while I'm away, 
while I'm away. I don't think of I never think of coming to a major city as a vacation. I don't. I really don't think of it as a vacation. I always think of like if you, a vacation is like when you go away to like a desert island somewhere, right? That's it. That's a vacation where you're just spending the time on like um, the beach maybe and people are bringing pina coladas to you. That to me is a relaxing vacation. I tend to go to major cities, which, you know, it's not really relaxing, you know, so it's a, I find it getting, I consider it getting away. Look, I think anytime you get away from the city of San Francisco, you uh, are definitely on some kind of vacation. But I don't consider it a real vacation when you're in a major city, right? And you're dealing with the hustle and bustle and you're taking the subway everywhere. And you're dealing with a lot of the same things that you deal with when you're home, right? You're dealing with a lot of the same things, right? So people, high crime, uh, homelessness, panhandling, same thing, really. But um, it, it is it is getting away. But I don't, I don't do many vacations, Right. Just the times you just get away. I guess I consider that the few times I've done cruises. Those those are real vacations, right? You're absolutely getting away. The Wi-Fi sucks on the ship, so you really can't use it. It'll be frustrating to use it. So it, it, you, you're like you're putting your phones away. You can't get calls. So that's really a real vacation. Sure, there's TVs. You can watch cable news and all that stuff, but but why bother, really? Really, when you're on the seas and you're just away from everything in the middle of the ocean, that to me is a vacation. That's a getaway, right? But coming to a city, when I'm in New York, when I'm in, you know, uh, Miami or Chicago or uh, Las Vegas even, even Las Vegas, it's a little bit more of a getaway, I guess, because it's so fake. But... uh it's still a city, you know? It's still a city, a lot of people. It's not really like being in the middle of nowhere. So um, I'm still here in New York. I'll be back in uh, San Francisco later in the week. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough because we talk on this show so often over the last, you know, year and a half. So often over the last year and a half about COVID, right? Especially when I began doing this show back in November of 2021. I can't believe it's been that long already. I can't believe November of this year is going to be two years. And I'm coming up on about 400 uh, shows. I can't believe it's been that long. But when I started doing this 400 shows ago, um, we were still basically in the um, kind of in the middle of COVID, right? Because it still had a lot of you know, mask mandates and uh, vaccine passports and all this stuff going on and variants and all that stuff. So the show was about COVID almost every night, right? <clears throat> about the mandates and the ineffectiveness of the mandates and the ineffectiveness at the – because by – let's put it this way. The vaccine rollout began in December of 2020. So almost a year later – when my podcast began, November of 2021, we have known for several months, we had known by November of 21 that the vaccine was shit, right? We knew it. 
We knew the vaccine was worthless. We knew it was not stopping the spread. It was not stopping people from getting it multiple times, spreading it multiple times. It wasn't preventing major uh, illnesses. It wasn't preventing death. It wasn't doing anything. It was basically just garbage. And we had started to see all the vaccine injuries roll in. So not only was it an ineffective vaccine, but it was also an unsafe vaccine. So we, we began to see more of this as we went into 2022 and through the year 2022. And we started talking about accountability for the people who lied, right? For the people who simply didn't tell us the truth. We wanted accountability. And so we started talking about how we're going to get that accountability. What what account what does accountability look like, right? What does accountability look like? Does it look like people losing their jobs? Does it look like people going to jail? Does it look like uh, congressional hearings? What does it look like? What does real accountability look like? And we started to think about the people who are going to hold accountable, right? And of course, the top guy has always been Tony Fauci, right? He was put front and center, and we we have spoken on the show many times about how that's Trump's responsibility for putting that guy front and center. And so Tony Fauci always comes up as someone who we believe should be held accountable, right? Who should be behind bars. I've said that a million times, and I'll probably say it a million more. But then there were other people, right? They were like... uh secondary figures, right? And we talk about some of them. I think we've talked about Osterholm, right? We've talked about uh, Burks. We talk about uh, Redfield. We talk about Walensky. We talk about those people a lot. And uh, then we talk about some of the people on Twitter, mostly Asian doctors who were totally wrong about things like masking and vaccines. And uh, every once in a while, I mentioned Peter Hotez. And uh, Peter Hotez is mostly uh, the the vaccine part of this whole thing, right? Uh, But, of course, totally for mask mandates and lockdowns and and all that stuff. But his major thing is is, uh, vaccines. He's a vaccine pusher. He's a professional vaccine pusher. That's what he does. So he's he's a professional legal drug dealer. That's what he is, right? Vaccines are, are drugs. So he's a professional drug dealer in the form of the vaccine. So I think he's been a target of people who have thought that before the COVID vaccine, let's go before the COVID vaccine. Let's go to some of the vaccines before COVID that many of us have always thought were effective vaccines and were safe vaccines, right? But uh, uh, chicken pox, measles, mumps, rubella, all that stuff, diphtheria. And uh, he was basically the guy who was front and center for all these vaccines, especially when it comes to children, pushing these vaccines on children. Now, the opposite of him is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is part of the Children's Defense Fund. In other words, defending them from vaccines that can hurt them. That's the whole point of that, right? The, 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 uh, the Children's Defense Fund. So you had Hotez who was pushing vaccines on children and Kennedy, who was preventing, who was giving the information 
that said these vaccines could cause autism, could have issues when it comes to young children. And so there was always this battle between the two of them, right? There was always this battle. It wasn't just, you know, until the COVID era, it wasn't really that public. Most people weren't that tuned into it. If you were into vaccines, if you were a vaccine pusher or if you were a vaccine skeptic, you might know of this battle between the two of them. But until then, when COVID hit, then uh, everything kind of exploded, right? Because you had these vaccines, which were, see, this is the whole thing. See, if you're a vaccine pusher and you don't believe Kennedy's side that vaccines could cause autism or other issue, other issues in young children, you had a lot riding on this COVID vaccine, right? Because this is one that people really started paying attention to. The COVID vaccine is really the only vaccine that grabbed national attention since polio, since Jonas Salk and the polio vaccine, right? It's been a long time. This current generation doesn't remember that. So the COVID vaccine is the first real vaccine. Before, in this generation, before the COVID vaccine, no one really thought about vaccines. You never heard about vaccines in the media that often. People were obsessive about vaccines. Then the COVID vaccine came along. And of course, one of the first questions, I'm sorry for this long history lesson, but I do want some background to all this before I really get into the heart of what's bugging me, right? Um, so with the COVID vaccine, a lot of the argument early on was, okay, well, maybe old elderly people might need it, right? 65 and older, 70 and older, those with pre-existing conditions, diabetes, blood pressure issues, weight problems. The average age of, uh, what's, this is, now this is something they never admitted. Even to this day, the average age of death from COVID was about 80. So 80 years old. And so the question was always, should children take this vaccine? Do children need the COVID vaccine? And of course, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was always on the side of, of course not. No, children don't need it. Children are at no risk. You can maybe make the argument that children are at risk for these other diseases, which are childhood diseases, but not COVID. It's not a childhood disease, right? Children were at no risk for COVID. And so that was a big battle, right? Do children need the vaccine or not? And people like Peter Hotez were constantly pushing it, saying, oh, yes, absolutely. Children absolutely need this vaccine. They will die without this vaccine. This vaccine will protect children, which we know was bullshit. We we knew it was bullshit from day one, but more and more data has come in over the last couple of years showing that was total bullshit, that children were at no risk. The the, uh, study out of Israel from a month ago, which said that no one under 50, not 15, 50, 5-0, who was healthy, died of COVID. Not one person, not one person. So children especially were not at risk, did not need this vaccine. And we saw that the side effects from this particular vaccine were stronger in children than elderly people, right? They didn't, the elderly people, at least so far, at least so far, have not had the kind of side effects that that we know of that children have had, particularly heart issue, myo carditis. So that battle was obviously won by the Kennedy cabal, which is the children did not need this vaccine. But Hotez 
knew that Big Pharma would lose a lot of money. Remember this. Remember. Once you've given all these vaccines to the elderly people, they're out. They're going to die off and they're gone. You need to constantly be putting this vaccine on the schedule in order to make money, right? So children have to get it. That's what Peter Hotez wants children to be, get this vaccine. They want the COVID vaccine to be put on the regular schedule. So you get your measles, you get your mumps, you get your rubella, you get your diphtheria, and you get your COVID. No, ne- It's not necessary to have COVID, and COVID negatively affects children. However, it's money, and Peter Hotez and his friends in Big Pharma know it's money. So they would not let go of that fake narrative and calling people like RFK Jr., right, Conspiracy theorists and tinfoil hat wearers for saying that children didn't need the COVID vaccine, which, of course, they didn't. So with Hotez, it's all about money. Now, when I first saw Hotez on television back in like 2020, as the vaccine was being developed, and especially in 2021, once it started to roll, I said, this guy's a fucking lunatic. Just fucking look at him. Every time he was on television namely CNN and MSNBC, his, his, the camera was like shoved up against his fat fucking face with a stupid bow tie he's wearing. And even to this day, when he's home, when he's at home in his den on TV, he has his ridiculous white lab coat on. Why does this guy have his lab coat on at home to do a five-minute fucking interview on CNN or MSNBC? The guy's a lunatic. He's like many of these people. He's got this ridiculous God complex, which makes him believe that he's everything he says is right and righteous. And God forbid you should ever challenge him that you're a bad person and you don't deserve it the time of day. So this is what's happened lately. Karthik, I'll get to you. Sit your ass in the seat, young man, and I'll get to you eventually. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Okay. So this is what happened recently. You know, Joe Rogan put Hotez on in 2019. And you're saying, well, Mike, that was before COVID. Yes. Because as I said, there was this battle between RFK Jr. and Hotez going back b- way before COVID. And Hotez on the Rogan show four years ago talked about how RFK Jr. was total mental case, tinfoil hat, doesn't deserve the time of day. I'll never debate him because, oh, well, you can't give these people a platform. That's ex- that's what every <laughs> that's what every fucking coward says when it comes to debating and they don't want to. Well, I don't want to give the other side a platform. No, Hotez knows that RFK Jr. would tear him a new asshole. He knows that. He knows he could never spend an hour or three hours on the Rogan show debating RFK Jr. because RFK Jr. would tear him apart. Even with his rough voice, he'd tear him apart. So he's got to say, well, no, I don't want to give him the time of day because he wears a tinfoil hat and uh, I can't give him any credence. It's like giving, this is what he said, this son of a bitch. He says it's like giving Holocaust deniers credence. Well, no, what Peter Hotez may not understand is he, he made the right uh, um, reference to the Holocaust. But if, if there's any reference to the Holocaust, it's his side. You see, he, he, he is a Holocaust perpetrator. He perpetrated this Holocaust that happened over the last two and a half years of the COVID vaccine. He perpetrated the Holocaust of lockdowns and mask wearing and all the misery and death and destruction that's happened to individuals, uh, relatives of people, um, uh, of society, economically, everything. 
he led to the downfall. He was one of the people, the main voices, who led to the downfall of this COVID holocaust that we talk about very often. The ventilators, right? And how many, God knows how many people they killed. We can't put a number to it the way you can put a number to the Holocaust. But if Hotez wants to reference the Holocaust, he should look at himself. He should look in the fucking mirror. So he says, oh, no, I'm not going to debate RFK Jr. because he knows he'd get his ass torn apart. So Joe Rogan said, come on, man, I'll give $100,000, $100,000 to your favorite charity if you simply come on my show and debate RFK Jr. Still wouldn't do it. Wait a minute. It's better. It gets better. But wait, there's more like one of those late night infomercials. People have been putting money up. There's a million and a half in the pot, a million and a half to his favorite charity. And all he has to do is debate RFK Jr. And he still won't do it because he's a coward. And he knows, you see, Hotez knows. Hotez and his kind, like Fauci, know they can go on CNN all they want ad nauseum. They can go on MSNBC because they'll never be challenged. Their bullshit will never be challenged. It'll just be left there to, to just to just seed in the air and go into the ozone. It'll never be fucking challenged. But he knows that RFK Jr. will challenge him and destroy him and knows he what a piece of shit he is and what bullshit his talking points are. To give you a little background on this little fucking bow tie wearing son of a bitch, let's look, let's listen to all of us, Andrew, Bill, Karthik, anyone else. This is Mike Sanger. Mike Sanger is great. He's been great from day one. He does a, I've, I've read his uh, stuff on his um, uh, page, his writing he does, Michael Sanger, and he's on Twitter also, Michael P. Sanger. This is a compilation of contradictory statements by by COVID scientist and vaccine mandate fanatic Peter Hotez. Okay, here we go. This is it. This is the this is all of his contradictory statements beginning 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 in March of 2020. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep, that's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're, they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. you got to call now. If you wait, uh, it's going to be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going 
going to be a long-lasting vaccine, a long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits, is not holding up well for hospitalizations. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. You've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. You've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. This is a three-dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh, God, not this again. A fourth immunization. Oh just just to keep them to keep them going. Keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out-of-the-box things. A fourth immunization. Four. A fourth immunization. Get that second boost. A second boost. To keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization. But I'm still not done. One semester later. <laughs> Unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up. And so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent Booster. Uh, Willie and Louise were saying they got their booster, and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they, they were talking about the third shot. And is that the bivalent, or is it the fourth booster, or does it matter? Like, uh, Don't worry so much about the number. Of There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster. You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is, is doing a much better job. You have to get a booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. Bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. Yeah. And by the way, if you're over 15, have gotten two boosters, and more than four, two or th two to four months out, you're going to need a third booster as well a fifth immunization five i don't think we're gonna need an annual booster like flu eventually dr hotez supports yearly boosters just like flu but i'm still not done it looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like um, and 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 i think our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every you know a few months we may need another booster uh, uh, each and every time. You know, we just could not overcome that massive disinformation campaign, these fake concepts of herd immunity and discrediting masks. Dr. Hotez, you are a national treasure. It is picking off young people like we've never seen. Dr. Peter Hotez, that was extremely informative. Disinformation that you're hearing, that kids are fine, it's nonsense. Kids need to get that vaccination. You healthcare workers have been our saviors. Watch out for that misinformation. Dr. Peter Hotez is probably one of the smartest people on this topic. If you haven't gotten your five and up vaccinated yet now's the time to do that. Dr. Peter Hotez, thank you for saving the world. They also support giving the third immunization for the 12 to 17 year olds. People have to feel safe. Dr. Hotez, you are a voice of reason. Take down the fake information. These fake concepts of herd immunity. My last hope is to vaccinate our way through this. Make sure that everybody's vaccinated, including their kids. That's the single most important thing right now the American people have to do. Dr. Peter Hotez is the person that we'd like to go to uh, for the sort of the single most impactful thing you can do is make certain that you're fully boosted and preferably two boosted later. Monkeypox is a global emergency. And it's accelerating uh, among a specific social network of, of men who have sex with men, not because it's sexually transmitted. Monkeypox is sexually transmitted almost exclusively. Before we let you go, we have to stop and applaud you because a lot of MSNBC viewers who have watched you constantly for the last three years or so and have come to trust you. I don't know if they fully appreciate what you have done. One of the things that we're not hearing well, I should, I, I should mention, is sorry.
that that was uh, Matt Orphelia. Orf, Matt Orf. He started doing videos. I think he started doing videos during Bernie, wasn't it? I think so. <clears throat> you know, I think he came out of Bernie. Matt Orf, Matt Orphelia. He, he's done these great videos. But there was, again, he has like that uh, sham wow guy in between, right? Doing the things like, and there's more, and there's more. It's hilarious. You know, but it's not hilarious in a way because this guy is a fucking big, big farmer shill who belongs behind bars. This guy, they put him on CNN, MSNBC, those fucking morons like Joe Scarborough and, and uh, Mika, fucking total brainless asswipes, corporate fucking whore asswipes. They put him on all the time. This guy does, he should be behind bars. He should be behind bars. And when he's behind bars, he can get as many shots in the, up the wazoo all that he wants. That's what he needs. He needs to get a couple of, you know, nice big shots, long big shots up the wazoo behind fucking bars. This fucking bow tie. I want to take that bow tie and fucking strangle him with the fucking bow tie. You know what I want to do with the bow tie? I want to do what uh, Daniel Penny did on the subway with that bow tie around this fucking guy's neck. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do to this fucking big pharma son of a bitch who only cares about fucking popularity and making money for him and his fucking big pharma fat cat fuckheads while people fucking die. This guy is human fucking scum. I wonder if I can make it any clearer. He's human fucking scum. This fat fuck with that bow tie that I like to fucking strangle him with. Can I make it any clearer? Like I said, he can go on CNN. He can go on MSNBC because they don't challenge him. They're so, says this. Once again, you're talking about corporate whores. On CNN, MSNBC, they're corporate whores. They get down on their knees and they open their mouth for corporate America because that's where their fucking salaries come from. Watch the ads. Watch the 80%. 80% of Anderson Cooper's ads are big pharma ads, as RFK Jr. has appropriately pointed out. So these are big pharma. He's a big pharma whore, and they're corporate whores, so they go hand in hand. They're friends. The corporate whores and the big pharma whores go together hand in hand, buddy, buddy. That's why he knows he can go on CNN, MSNBC, and they'll lick his fat ass out. That's what he knows. He won't go on Joe Rogan with RFK Jr., because RFK Jr. will tear him apart. There'll be nothing left, and it'll be a fucking laughing stock. That's why he won't go with RFK Jr., that's the reason. I've said this a million times. These people will keep yapping until we fucking put them in jail. We put them in jail, then no one will hear them again. We need to put them in jail so no one can fucking hear from them again for the rest of their miserable fucking big pharma whore lives. Let them deal drugs in prison. If they're so good at dealing drugs, which they are, someone like Hotez is very good at being a professional legal drug dealer. That's what he is. He's a professional legal drug dealer. And he belongs in jail. He doesn't belong on television. He doesn't belong with his stupid fucking fat face pressed up against the camera with that stupid bow tie. What kind of an adult? What kind of a 60-year-old? Where's a fucking bow tie? With his 
with the camera pressed up against his fat face, takes up the whole fucking square on television. He belongs in jail. I don't know how many times I have to say that. That's what accountability is. These people will not shut up. They will never admit they were wrong. They keep on coming back until we put them behind bars like fucking Nazis so they can't fucking talk anymore. Bill, I know you get my drift, don't you? Amen, Mike. Lay it out there. Mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore, Mr. Bill. I'm telling you, this guy... This guy, I bet I never see this guy in the streets. I bet I never see this guy at an event. At, at, I bet I'm telling him right now. I bet I never see him in person. That's all I can tell you. Well, let me let me allude, refer to a couple of things I put in the chat. That's very relevant. It's right on point here. Okay, so in 2016, the Supreme Court ruled that vaccines are unavoidably unsafe and for good reason. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Say that again. Okay, in 2016, the Supreme Court ruled that vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. Thousands of children are being compensated for injuries sustained from vaccine injections of known neurotoxins. That would be the mercury they removed from vaccines, but not all, and the aluminum that cross the blood-brain barrier that caused brain inflammation. See, there's a lot of evidence that RFK Jr. was on Spotify with Joe Rogan, you may have heard about. And there's big, big, big thing all over, swirling around the Internet. Where there's upwards of like $3 million now being put up for that clown you mentioned. What's his name? Hotez? To actually yes. debate? Yeah. To debate RFK Jr. on Rogan. People yeah, a million, it's up to a million and a half now. Yeah, I heard it was up to three mil. I was talking to Lady Jenny Hatch. Nah, it could be twenty million. The guy's never going to do it because he knows no, he exactly. can't win. Of course no. not. Yeah. No. Yeah. So what, okay. So let's let me just jump down here, Mike, because this is that cowardly line. Oh my God, it's sickening, right? So, so okay. Uh, so what does YouTube do? They remove, they strike back and remove a video of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Jordan Peterson for vaccine misinformation. This is NBC News. Of course, right. they got the you know the establishment whores that are putting out this poison. Uh, they got to you know strike back and try and discredit everybody. Now, here's one. Remember Dr. Peter McCullough, of course, who's by the way he's got over a thousand peer-reviewed um, uh, uh, medical journals in in medical uh, uh, what's periodicals that are uh, what's the right word I'm looking for in journals. Okay, I'm repeating myself. This guy is cardiologist epidemiologist top of his field which they totally blackballed for him coming out early on recommending therapeutics that were known to work in the nih library known to work versus coronavirus and uh they they blackballed him right so now he he's talking now about um okay uh okay throughout the pandemic we've heard the tenuous phrase correlation is not causation I can tell you as an epidemiologist, we always look at the strength and consistency of associations in addition to many other factors in the evaluation of determinants of disease. In 1970s, the rate of autism was 1 in 10,000, and the rate today, Mike, has exploded to 1 in 36. Sure. I think those are some of the numbers that Kennedy has talked about. Yes. This is, I mean... And if they keep going the way they're going, it's going to be even worse. 
Kenny did talk about that. Did you hear his uh, Spotify interview with Rogan at all? I, 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 I watched a lot of it. Yeah, I have yeah. I have clips of it as well. Yeah, that first hour of it. Oh, you're gonna play clips of that tonight, Mike? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look some up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Have time, sure. Yeah, but was... good, good. Sorry. Now, now this coward. Now, of course, Hotez. He's he claims, and I don't know, this may be true. I think he had a reporter. What he had was it was in, it showed a clip I saw. Reporter just questioning him about, you know, his stance at his home. And so now he's claiming he's being stalked right, since Joe wrote it, Rogan, Twitter exchange. Now he's right. crying victim. Just yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he's the big victim. He's the, yeah. Let me tell you something. He's such a tough guy. It's like, hey, look, RFK Jr. is such a tin foil hat wearing. He's a Holocaust denier type. Why not go with, go, why not debate him and show the world what a phony RFK Jr. is? Hey, what a great opportunity, Pete. You're a brilliant guy. You got all those fucking diplomas on the wall. You're on CNN. You know how to, you yeah. speak. You use your mouth on MSNBC. Why don't you debate RFK Jr. and show the world what a phony RFK Jr. is? What an opportunity, Pete. Why yeah. isn't he taking the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was... I totally agree. Andrew was citing in the chat. He helped, he helped me get the words out. That, uh, these, uh, uh, you mean to say he has articles submitted to journals? Yes. And then he, he, I didn't realize Andrew's right. That guy who put together that, uh, collage. Yeah. Uh, Bernie's, uh, fired him for a video like that. Do you remember? It was, he was doing, I was doing it too, but I got to admit he's a young kid and he was really good at it. Yeah. It was for Bernie, right? He yeah. was doing like these. In 60 second videos, right? And the Bernie campaign, I think, hired him. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. But something happened. And there was a, a video he put out or something, or some, a video he had put out earlier or something in his past. I forgot what it was. Mm. And I, I don't know the exact, I don't think the Bernie campaign fired him. I think he left because he didn't want to make any problems for them. I think. That's how yeah, it, I vaguely how it remember that. I don't, yeah. don't even remember the details of that, Karthik or, or Andrew. Um, I don't recall the details. Well, this, this is what I talk about here. It's like, look, the kid was doing these videos, and he was doing what he wanted, right? He was doing everything he wanted. No one could tell him what to do, what not to do. And they were great videos, all right? Yeah. And you get hired by somebody. And then, you know, so when a young kid who does great videos gets hired by a, uh, by a, uh, you know, a, a campaign, he's not going to be at the top of the totem pole. He's going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. And the PR people and the advertising people are going to tell him what he can and can't do. Why bother? And I think that's what he probably realized. He'd rather just do his own thing. This is what I talk about, man. I could not. What I just said about Peter Hotez, I could not say on Terrestrial Radio. My boss mm -hmm. would have gone crazy, yeah. you know, but I can do it here. Right. Because that's my thing. So there's a real freeing. It's freeing. It's free. It's like the free state of Florida. <laughs> you know, doing your own thing is like living in the free state of Florida. Working for people is like living in California. Let's put it that way. That'll be the analogy, you know, where then you have to you have in a way you have to sell out. You have to, you know, not do exactly what you want to do. And you have to sort of curtail your 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 passion, really. And I think that is what he decided, you know, he'd rather do his own thing. And he's doing these great videos now. He's doing these great videos. And look, just like me, just like 
Daniel, just like a lot of other people who were the Bernie people, were now realizing what a fake, phony fraud Bernie was, right? Because Bernie should be the one promoting these videos. Bernie, Bernie should be the one talking about how Hotez is a big pharma whore, and he's contradicted himself for three years and was never right for three years and just keeps on pushing more and more boosters, even after saying, no, they'll never be necessary, and lying and saying, just like in that video, lying and saying, it's a two-dose thing, then saying, oh, it was always a three-dose thing. No, no, it's a four-dose thing. No, it's a five-dose thing. Come on. Come on. You know, only in this country, we live in one of the dumbest countries at one of the dumbest periods of time. I really do believe that, Bill. The dumbest country in the dumbest period of time where people will just believe anything they're fed. There are people on Twitter, Bill, who are defending Hotez simply because he has DR period before his name. That's how ignorant people are. Mm -hmm. And that's how the Hotezes and the Fauci's of the world got away with so much because there are so many ignorant fool lemmings in this country who believe that if someone's a doctor, they're automatically a good, righteous person like Mother Teresa. How stupid do you have to be, Bill? Well, I, of course, he wears a tie and the white lab coat, like you said, even in his home. Um, How but, idiotic is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got to look the role. You know, it's all propaganda. And like Joseph Corbell said, you he's know, totally yeah. made up, yeah. just like COVID. Yes, yes, I know. If you saw him when Rogan interviewed him, I watched some of that, and Rogan was asking, "So you don't believe in eating?" Like, in other words, the guy does—he doesn't eat well. He goes, he eats whatever he wants. He knows he has some dietary issues. Let's talk about Rogan when Hotez was on his show, and and you know he doesn't really exercise much, and you know he's he doesn't use any supplements because you know he thinks you get enough, and even though studies show like vast majority of people are low in vitamin D, especially in northern, you know, uh, uh, hemispheres because they're inside a lot, you know, and, and, and so it's no, 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 you just got to line up and get your vaccine and your next vaccine and, and the mouthpieces for a big pharma and the control mechanism coming right from the World Health Organization, you know, the Bilderberg continuum right through the World Economic Forum. This is all about controlling the masses in fear, Mike. And this well, is what, people, what people should yeah. be doing is going on Twitter. Even if you're not on Twitter, go on Twitter and do this. Any doctor, and we saw a few of these, we saw a few of the roaches gathering together, scattering mm. and, and coming to each other's aid. Yeah. Um, any doctor who's on Twitter who is defending Hotez, write the name down and, and put them on a list of doctors to never go to. And spread that list around. Spread the list around of all the doctors. I, I, 90% of them probably don't even see real patients. They're probably not even real doctors. Right, right. But if they happen to, make sure that list goes around. Put it on Yelp. Put it wherever you can. Doctors, people, if they're in your area, never go to these people because they're all big farmer shills. They're all wealthy people who've made money off of the death and, and pain of others. Yes. These are not real doctors. They are scumbags, and they're going to fucking go to hell. Yeah. Started with the Flexner Report in 1929. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, listen, I know Cartney wants to talk, and Andrew's saying some good things in the Cartney chat. Needs some, he needs to learn patience, right? How do you uh, teach true. patience? <laughs> <That's so>? true. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's a sharp, witty guy. i got to hit it to him. But yeah. Good sense mean, of humor. He's like 16, 17. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but he just gets his jabs and disappears. As long as he, gets a j- he loves a jab, you might. Goodbye. 
<laughs> but it's fun to listen. It's entertaining. Oh, 27. He's 27. Uh, <laughs> you ready to take him? You ready to take him on? It's, it's like worldwide wrestling, you know. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. When you stare into the camera and you say, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take <laughs> oh, did you see the uh, on a different topic? Did you see the Trump interview with Brett Bear? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I'll play some clips later. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Brett Bear <laughs> destroyed Trump. He talked about Trump's hires. You and I talk about his hires, right? Yeah. His fake drain the swamp hires. Right. His terrible hires and. Trump's such a hypocrite that he talks about he hires only the best people <laughs> and then they right. all leave and then he badmouths them. <laughs> so ben Bear, I'll play the clip. He's like, if they're the best people, why do you fire them or they quit and then you badmouth them? <laughs> well, not to mention the ones he hires are sell out their hordes to the establishment. I mean, yes. you know. Steve yeah. Mnuchin, the foreclosure king, a WEF member. I mean, come on. Alex Acosta, right. who bailed out Epstein. Well, give him the golden little shake there with one <laughs> one charge against one sex trafficking charge in Florida. When he was, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. So Trump, Trump is part of that whole thing. Let's be honest. He wasn't associated with Epstein and didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. You know, there's a lot more to that story. Whitney Webb, I'm, you know, I, I know this. I, I had the mic a long time, but I mean... <laughs> The people in denial, I can't understand Trumpers, how they can be in such denial of who Trump has been his whole life as a businessman, driving business after business into bankruptcy as he declares six bankruptcies. Talk about a predator. This guy is a lifelong predator. He doesn't have your best interests in mind. He give a rat's ass about you. And it's a big con. He's always been a big con. I mean, I see through it for what it is. Look at his cabinet members, and there you go. And what did he do when he was in office? We need a change. We need a big change. And it's driving me nuts that I can't have these discussions with Trumpers because they're so brainwashed. You can't even start to talk about reality with them, you know? Anyway, no, but it's, there's it's, my it's, rant. It's very yeah. difficult to watch that video of okay. him with uh, Brett Bear and, and, and still support him. You have to be in a cult. Yeah, you have to be in a cult. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the only way you could like the guy after seeing stuff like this mm -hmm. and defending him for it is you can't you can't defend him for it. You no. can't. You know, but I, I'm seeing it more and more now, Bill. I'm seeing people who are just like uh, not interested in Trump anymore. They're starting to say things like, well, he's okay, but I like DeSantis better. And I think we'll see more and more of that. You know, people who are realizing that Trump is really, look, he's the past. He's all about himself and his own ego. And that's not going to work. So we need to move on. And, I think, Mike, yeah. there's a lot of people, like the vaccine uptake for the bivalent flu uh, COVID vaccine was nominal. It was like 16%. Most of those were people in nursing care facilities that, you know, they were told really to take it mm -hmm. so they can all live together. I mean, the, the, so the thing is, what we hear about the media, about our differences between one another, whether right, you know, right, left wing, you know what I mean, or uh, uh, color of skin, whatever, that's mostly generated from the media. I think most Americans think a lot more alike, and uh, we don't buy into this. We, we vote for the lesser two evils because we really don't haven't had a good choice in too, too long. So hopefully now I really appreciated what JFK had. To, you know, I keep saying JFK, Robert, Robert, RFK Jr. 
had to say about Tulsi Gabbard, her stance on being anti-war is he was talking all, not just about the, the vaccine issues, but about the, you know, he's an environmental lawyer. And so all the issues that, you know, the corporatism have brought upon this country, the sacrifice zones, the, the, the rising cancers from all the pollution and, 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 and trying to eliminate the glyphosates and the right, right down to holistic life, really, in healthcare. Um, I, I, it was such a good, exchange you know the first hour of it was riveting and i had to listen to it a couple times because uh there's just so much to absorb and and he talked about the ukraine war and his position on that he was very straight up and honest we need to keep hearing this about how we well you know you know the deal i don't need to run through it but the maidan coup the Minsk accords Poroshenko and angela Merkel saying they had no intention of abiding by those you know, treaties and, and really NATO expansion and where's the peace dividend? What happened? Right. Why are we, why have the United States been doing this? Surrounding countries with military bases. I mean, RFK Jr. is saying, you know, we need to eliminate 300 military bases. 300. Good start. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so of course. Yeah. we need someone like him to blow up the system. And, and I hope he can have a good debate with DeSantis on, the military posture we have because that serves you know, i've said this a million times and i'll say it a million more times we need to be able to finally choose from the greater of two goods instead of the lesser of two evils we're not we're not doing this again we did clinton and trump we did trump and biden we're not doing trump and we're not doing this back to back to back it's ridiculous this lesser of two evil voting in this country it's we need right. rfk jr versus desantis yeah. and we can pick from the greater of two goods and yes. we can then see the differences that may not be very clear between these two guys right now mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah true. that's what we need yeah, well, Andrew and Karnick, they're having a couple laughs. Uh, I, I, know. <laughs> I, I know, I know, Hey, Bill, I'll go to Karnick. If you want to come back, I'm going to play some more video. I'm going to play some more sure. Hotex, uh, Hotel stuff and some, some of the Trump stuff. If you want to come back on later and comment about Thank it. Thank you, yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. Bill. All right. Okay. Here comes the clown show. Bring yes, him on. Here we go. Bring it on. Bring it on. Razzle-dazzle him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's see. Uh, who's next? Who's this? Oh, Car Thick. How are Not you, Mike? Car you Thick. made me wait forever, motherfucker. Uh, that's it. I made you wait forty nine minutes into my show. Well, I wasn't even here the first. Well, maybe half it. I was only been listening, but you made me wait forever. Oh, you're wasting time. What do you want to talk about? God, Mike, you get you sound so stressed. But I'm actually on vacation right now. I'm in Maui. I'm in Hawaii. Are you really? So yeah, I'm having a. a <clears throat> Tim, I would send you pictures if I could, um, but I can't really. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't need pictures I, of you in the ocean. It's fine, or sunbathing. It's okay. Uh, I'm not in the ocean. Uh, I'm I'm at the pool right now. So you're are you really in Maui? Yeah, yeah. All right, good for you. Yeah, See, I'm so stressed, man. You didn't listen. Actually, it's funny. The first five minutes of the show, which you were not listening to, I don't think. Yeah, I said that's that a real. Vacation. I'm not on a real vacation. I come to major cities. It's not a real vacation when you're in New York or Chicago. But if you're in like Maui or if you're in a, an island somewhere or if you're uh, like on a cruise, those are real relaxing vacations. So even on this relaxing vacation, you called into my show. Huh? Well, no, at first I was just going to because I thought you'd let me, you know, you'd pick up but soon because I just wanted to talk. But you made me wait too long. But um. Well, it's really early in Maui. It's really what? early. 
Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, it's 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 not even uh, six yet. It's like exactly, yeah, it's less than six. Um, but anyways, so uh, are you going to see the Flash? <laughs> when I get back to San Francisco, I'll see some films. I will. Okay. Well, actually, what I want to see is um, the new Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Uh, I, I oh I I saw the trailer for that. I forgot what it's called, but I I I know for sure I saw the trailer for it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah um, Astronaut. I mean, uh, what's it called? Um, something City. Um, is it Astronaut City? What is it? Yeah. Uh, fuck you, City. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead. That's the, I anyway, I want to see the new Wes Anderson. That's what I'm going to see. But yeah. Uh, have Asteroid. You heard... Asteroid City. Asteroid. City. Have you seen the trailer for uh, No Hard Feelings? Um. Is that with uh, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence and the young guy. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you got to see him. And so uh, I saw I, it comes out Friday, but I did see like a uh, I got like a, a, a early screening for it. I saw it on Saturday with my friend. Mm-hmm. Dude, we both loved it, man. Uh, do you remember what what what, what the movie's about? Yeah, she's hired by uh, his parents. He's like a twenty-year-old and nineteen-year-old, and he's she's he's she's hired by his parents like to date him because he's like needs a woman. Like he's yeah, kind of so like kind of date him. Like she, yeah, yeah. He, they pretty much hired her to like not not like a hooker, but yeah, to like date him for a few months and have sex, and mo- mostly just like you know open him up, you know, because he's very reserved. And dude, it was hilarious, man. It's super funny. Um. Yeah, I, yeah. So he's. It seems like in the in the trail, like he's not he's not really getting her advances. He doesn't he doesn't understand them. Well, well. no, no, like he so. does pretty quickly actually, but he just like gets really nervous, you know, and like just. Well, the thing is, so so he actually like wants like date her date her, you know. So he wants to, like wait a few dates, and so like and but they always like end in disaster, like. Um, I I I don't want to uh, uh spoiler for you, but like but each date. Like ends and so like like they they don't have sex until the very end, which is pretty obvious yeah. actually once you see the movie, you know. Because if they had right. sex, the movie would end. Um, I have a question for you. What does this have to do with Peter Hotez? I don't give a shit about Peter Hotez. Man, I'm, I'm <laughs> <a kid. laughs> give a shit about Peter Hotez. If uh, uh if uh Peter Hotez leaves and you know retires in Florida, it'll just be some uh the uh next Cody that takes his place. That's true. A next, like, a, a new white coat, right? Someone yeah, else can slip like, right you know, into that idiotic white coat that he wears in his living room, right? Yeah, like Fauci's gone, but you know somebody else. You know, and if and, and didn't. Call oh, he's never Fauci. gone. He's never. You oh, know, what yeah. Fauci is. Fauci's like Bill Murray in What About Bob? Okay, he's yeah, never well, gone. Sure, he's but never both gone. Fauci yeah. and Collins have left their previous positions. Or didn't yeah, Collins retire? Yeah. Who? Collins, Francis Collins. Fauci's yeah, he retired. Fauci. Don't you remember he did that ridiculous video where he's playing guitar and singing? Yeah, that was his retirement like retire video. Around yeah. like the time of uh, 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 Omicron. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have my variant timeline, so it's, I'm not sure exactly when he retired. Yeah, this shows that that, that even though I've cursed you all the time, I still remember some of the stuff you say. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, uh, you know. are you back in uh, San Francisco yet? Later in the week. Okay. Do you miss everything? Do you miss the Bay Area? No. Uh, why not, man? I'm sure it misses you. It does not miss me, and I don't miss it at all. And I'm dreading going back, but I will go back. But not permanently. Oh, yeah. So when, when do you think you're going to move to Florida? 
I don't know. Hope, hopefully, sooner rather than later. But I can't. I, don't care. Put a, I can't put a. I can't put a timeline on it. What part of Florida are you going to move to? I'd say before. Well, I'll, I'll put a time. I say before booster number eight, but probably after booster number six. Oh my That's what gosh! Say. Yeah. Dude, your COVID. Can't we move on from all this COVID jokes and? COVID yeah. Once they're all in jail, I'll move on. I'll, I'll move on. I have no problem. I've, I've moved on from the Holocaust, but they were all put in jail. Those people were oh, killed well, or died. Yeah. Well, some of them came to work for American Operation Paperclip, so that's not true. But yes. Uh, but Mike, uh, 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 are you excited for the first debate? Yes, I told you this. We, you keep on saying, but it's not until August. No, I mean, uh, because isn't Trump doing better than the polls than DeSantis recently? Hey, uh, if you believe any of those, if you believe any polls that say Trump is beating DeSantis or Trump is beating Biden, you're crazy. There's, oh, those no, polls I don't, but real. I thought you'd yeah. be checking the polls. Cause, cause no, I don't, I don't even look at them. I don't, I don't care what they say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Trump's not doing anything. He's not, he's, he's, he's doing interviews on television while DeSantis is out there meeting people and grassroots and organizing and they're getting their door knockers together and they call. I mean, they, they've got, he's got a real on the ground yeah. team going there and that's the way that's you win true. these things. Oh, before yeah. I go, hey, William, yeah, you're right. I, I want to, I'm happy you mentioned that uh, Trump hired the same cronies, you know, that, uh, that are responsible for the system, like whether it's Acosta, um, or the uh, fuck? Who's the guy at, uh, from California? The uh, banker guy, he's, Sam Bankman-Fried. No, not that. No. The guy who worked for Trump. The guy who worked for Trump one, in California. One West Bank. Uh, uh, um, Mnuchin. Yeah. Mnuchin. Mnuchin. Yeah, yeah. Min- yeah that's min- why I, I never got why people thought that Trump was you know an outsider because he hired all the people. Oh please, not an outsider. He. He yeah, hired no, that, swamp creatures. I'm saying he was marketed you know, and talked, act like I always thought it was bullshit, you know. Yeah, because he was a big donor to both parties, um, right? Yeah, yeah, Democrats, no. but Republicans too. So, what else are you doing there? In uh, what are you doing in Hawaii, in Maui? What else well, are you doing? I was really relaxed for a while, but then once you made me wait, I'm getting. Are you by yourself? Uh, am I here? No, my my mom's here too. You went to Maui with your mother. Yeah, you know, she paid for some of the hotel, but I still had to pay for the ticket, obviously. Are you a mama's boy? No, my mom just has a lot of hotels points. That's why. Oh, the, she, she, oh she does that point thing where she has to, has to use the points. All right, yeah. so it's like, let's go to Ma- – what a nice mother. You have a really nice mom. Yeah, she has this thing called a Hilton Grand Vacations Club. I, I, I'm at the Hilton uh, Bowie – sorry, Maui Bay Villas. Yeah, I, I stay at the Hilton Grands Vacation Club on the Las Vegas Strip. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was there. Me and my, my uh, uncle from India came a while back. Maybe I told you. I don't know. But, you um, Indians have a lot of money. Pretty wealthy people. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we stayed at the uh, one, one, one of the uh, Grand Vacations in Vegas, too, somewhere on the Strip. I forget which one. There's a couple. They're nice. Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, so tomorrow, I couldn't, I couldn't believe go. the room in Vegas. It was like a what? huge kitchen, huge bedroom, living room, washer and dryer in the unit. I was like, could live here, could definitely live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, Grand Vacations Club are always pretty big and very nice. Um, so tomorrow I'm going jet skiing, and I'm hoping after that I can go uh, wakeboarding and also, um, fuck, oh, I forgot what else it's called. Make some videos. Um, you know, um, fuck, jetlining or no? 
Oh, oh, what do you mean? You mean like where you're up the, in the, the air? The, the thing where you do in the air, I forgot. Are you crazy? Parasailing? No, 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 not, 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 not parasailing. It's, um, fuck, I forgot. It's the thing where you're kind of like gliding in the air. I forgot what it's called. Oh, well, man. Uh, Zipline. Have you heard of ziplining? Yeah, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going to walk to Times Square and get out, It's really fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's not dangerous at all. Falling. Daniel said it's called falling. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's called ziplining or flight lining. It's the same thing. Well, I guess if you're there, you might as well do those kinds of things, right? But yeah, I have some photos, you know, and I, I, I was in the pool and just, you know, listening to all sorts of stuff, including you. And I was like, yeah, why not call? Because on Friday I tried to call, but I had issues, so I couldn't. I wanted to yeah. see it. But I think you should sp- spread my spread the word about my show. Make me big in Ma- Maui. I want to be big oh in Maui. Gosh, dude, I'm not going to do your marketing. I tell you, if I was big in Maui, I'd be happy. Big in Maui. Then I go to Maui like a year from now, and they're all like, hell, Mike, hell, Mike. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I don't think a bunch of Hawaiians are, are going to some white guy. Probably not. Um, but, but they'll yeah. be like, do you, are you going? Hey, you going to a luau with a pig on a on a on a? Uh, you know, I went to thing? a luau once a long time ago in Hawaii. It wasn't my thing, but it was okay. Oh, oh the okay. Uh, 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 girls were hot though. But um, but I'm not really because I I don't the only meat I eat is chicken. But uh, yeah, you gonna yeah, get some? Uh, you gonna get some tail? You gonna get some tail in Maui? No, no, I'm here to relax mainly. Not that's relaxing. That's not relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, but I, I don't know. Like, like Bumble or Tinder isn't always great, you know. It's uh, it's 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 not a very good hit rate, so I, I can't guarantee anything. No, I understand. Trust me, I do understand. But yeah, so dude, you you got to go see get uh, no hard feelings. Get super funny. Yes, uh, and I'm going to see Asteroid City. And I'm going to see. There's, there's a very funny scene where they go skinny dipping, and she like like uh, uh, kicks the ass of some of these guys that tried to like steal her clothes. It's very funny. Okay. Yeah, I'll see. You. Talk to you later. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Have a good time, Karthik. All right, all right. Andrew, you have a call for me. You said. Yeah, I had two uh, two thoughts on my mind. Well, uh, I'll start with the first one. Uh, my parents are a little on the older side, and so mm-hmm. growing up, my movie tastes were uh, before my time. I guess you would say mm-hmm. I was born in the nineties. Yep. So <clears throat> I know you know Apocalypse Now, right? Mm-hmm. The the thing I was thinking is that it, it Colonel Kurtz kind of reminds me of Fauci when you were mm. talking about what Fauci is mm-hmm. and you know, the way mm-hmm. Colonel Kurtz is basically the government's own creation in response to a catastrophe and emergency called the Vietnam war. Right. Right. And they send him in and he's effective and he's so effective that he basically gets a cult following mm-hmm. and basically takes control of the show and they have to send uh, Captain Willard to go take care of him. Right. And that's, you know, that's kind of what's happened. I mean, and it's funny because the people that they send to get Kurt's, uh, the one previous to Willard, ends up becoming a cult member. So it just shows... (laughs) Right, he gets indoctrinated into into Kurt's cult. Yes. Exactly. His methods, his methods have become unsound. What do you think of that? Right. Well, that cult figure, you could look at it, you can look at them as different things depending on your point of view, right? You can look at them as a Fauci type. You can look at them as a Trump type also, right? I mean, 
he can be looked at. It's a cult, right? That's when you like get so much right. power and you take over uh, a people and they begin to worship you, right? And it's funny because the system made Trump too, in a way. They kind of used him, but he got out of control and became president. They didn't expect it. So and then they want to take him down. Right. They had they sent Captain Willard in the form of decrepit Joe Biden to send sent Biden down the river. Well the Justice Department could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. That right yeah. Now, that's- exactly. Exactly. It's 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 really true. You the know, question is um, who's our Captain Willard in regards to Fauci? Because the government has to send Captain Willard. That's what you have to keep in mind. So it's, yeah. it's not gonna be this, you know, as much as we'd all like RFK to take over and jail them like he said he would. He said there would be consequences if he took power. So there you go. Mm. He's not going to take power, right? <laughs> but I, I think the government has I to send Captain Willard. So who's it going to be? Well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I would. I don't know. Uh, I know the vaccine thing has been big for RFK more than DeSantis, but I just have a I have a feeling that the kind of personality DeSantis is compared to the kind of personality RFK is, DeSantis would be, I feel, more likely to go after these people. You know? I don't know. I'd have to be convinced of that. But honestly, I don't think it's going to happen regardless, just because I think it would happen through Congress having hearings. And, you know, the issue's partisan. I mean, he's protected by the Blue Anon cult, the same thing that – I know. You know, the same organism that's cheering on Ukraine mindlessly. It's like this parasite, right? That's just running people <laughs> in multiple different ways. So right. it's it's too partisan for Congress to really take care of it. Or, yeah. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. I'm not particularly happy with what's happened so far with Congress. I mean, there was, there was some hearings, but nothing yeah. real wow. substantial has happened. That's putting it lightly. I mean, these re- these revelations of the fact that it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've talked, spoken about it on your show about the COVID revelations, the origins revelations that have come out yes. last week. Yeah. I mean, that might provide some impetus, but, you know, it's just the media is so broken and I, 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 I will, I'll believe it when I see it. You know They're I mean? talking about, there was an article written in Britain they're doing some kind of a COVID inquiry, and it's incredibly weak. This article is written, and it says, one week into the COVID inquiry, already looks biased and weak. So this particular writer isn't very happy with what's happening in the yeah. UK uh, with their inquiry into COVID. So yeah, That wouldn't surprise me. No, me neither. Me neither. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. But well, I'm sorry, but when you start having people like Hotez doubling and tripling down on their lies – yeah. It, it's time to go and get him and take him out. You got to take him out. <laughs> you yeah, do well, because they're they're they're. In other words, they're flaunting in your face. Nah, nah, you can't get me. And if I'm a RFK Jr. or Ron DeSantis or someone in Congress, I, I'm going to get him. I'm going to go get him. That's what I I'm going to do. This whole Twitter thing with RFK and Joe Rogan and Elon and everything is. Uh, <laughs> It's shaking the cage in a way that hasn't been done in a while. It's it's kind of Rogan's he's, fantastic. He's yeah, Hotez really stepped in it, didn't he? I mean, he I don't know what he was thinking because this I think is this is doing damage on a wild 
a, a wider scale than just the COVID narrative. I think this well, is a running these, theme. This running what these people don't seem to understand because they live in their own vacuum is that how popular Joe Rogan is. Yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan oh. is incredibly popular. And RFK Jr. has a very high approval rating, much higher than Biden or Trump. So they don't seem to get it. They really don't. No, and, you know, I think their personal animus against them prevents that in some way, maybe. Or maybe they just think that, uh, you know, in the long run, <laughs> they're, they, they've chosen to make enemies of these people, which is hilarious to me. Well, I don't know why you would do this. It's, it's the new media future, or I guess you'd say it's been the media. Joe Rogan practically gets more views than, I'm sure, Rachel Maddow on a regular night. Right? I mean, of course. Absolutely. He's incredibly popular. You know, so between Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, and uh, Tucker Carlson on Twitter, those three together blow out all of the of the cable news networks. Right. And these are, yeah. I don't think they comprehend this. They understand it. They don't want to get it. But that's the fact. Those are the numbers. They blow them out of the water. So people are looking elsewhere now for their facts. Yeah, this this COVID thing with Hotez, though, is it hit on a wider theme of this idea that experts just can't be challenged, right? It's essentially right. this, because, and this is the second thing I actually wanted to talk to you about, was this mm -hmm. logic that I keep hearing by these people, and <laughs> I think Hotez eventually spread it within, like, hours of being challenged, this idea that uh, you can't do science, science doesn't work in the way uh, that a debate does. So basically, you can't come to a scientific truth through debate, and as if it's not a scientific process. And while debate itself might not be a scientific process, it might you, you know you wouldn't set up a scientific an experiment set around debate. You can certainly explain science and scientific conclusions in contested formats. And I mean, what do they think peer review is? But basically, right. they're saying that because the audience is dumb. We can't have these kinds of discussions with people that we disagree with and call cranks because they would just spread bad information, which would be the only result is just hurting this dumb. Basically, they view the audience as this crippled, retarded child that they're, right. they've been given charge of. And every right. little thought that passes by must be highly monitored by the experts. And it yep. doesn't matter if it's COVID or Ukraine or uh, gen whatever, you know, pick your issue, basically, that has any importance. Uh, I mean, Epstein, there's plenty of stuff. <laughs> you can't talk about it to, to experts because they're a cloistered group, and they don't have to ever face public debate because they're, they're running theme that the, the only possible outcome, especially in a scientific regard, apparently, is that it would confuse and hurt the audience with the spread of misinformation. And this is such a straight line towards the end of free speech in America. And this, there's no need for anybody to even think about what their opinion might be. They just really need to know who to get their opinion from. That's, that's basically what they're telling people. Right. And, uh, and uh, I just, you know, I, I wondered what you had to say about this line of logic and this idea that the only thing a debate between RFK or whatever expert you know, basically, unless they already agree with Hotez, if they get in a room and talk, it can only do harm, even if they're a so-called expert.
Well, and someone put up a photo of Hotez with that big fat face with that ridiculous bow tie. Um, and they put it up against a photo of Rogan and RFK Jr., who were both great shape. RFK's in fan- – he's almost 70. The guy's in great shape. He does. He looks and, great. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, and and they said, who would you trust? Obviously, with your health, with health advice, two <laughs> healthy guys or this fat fuck. And someone put up this ridiculous comment, the doctor. I, I trust the doctor because they have DR, P, BR period. How stupid do you have to be to say you'll just simply trust someone because they have a fucking piece of paper on their wall? Who cares? What does that mean? So do you trust a politician because they were elected? Do you trust a lawyer because they went to law school? But you'll trust a doctor be simply because why? Where did you learn? Where was it? Where is where were you indoctrinated into believing that all doctors are created equal? Where? Well, that's the hilarious thing, right? Is that anyone who disagrees with whatever the call it the current consensus might be, whether it's economic or about war or about cultural issues, they are automatically considered somehow idiots or cranks because they don't agree with the consensus. So therefore, you can only expert uh, have an expert disagreement within this certain view. So how, how is any view outside of that supposed to be tested or propagated? It just can't be because even having a discussion with these people, you know, the way that we've always done things like talk about ideas and then run experiments and, you know, look at one state, look at another and look at results and try to measure birth. You can't do these things unless you really agree with a method in place, which is that the method has to basically point towards consensus one way or another. It seems like that's the idea and whatever the consensus is and however it forms, I mean, the masks thing, the consensus on masks, that's a great example of how it just is completely malleable. It goes back and forth depending on political win, basically, right? And the consensus can't be challenged because at, at the given time, you know, one day all the experts that say keep your masks on, they're the smart people. And the cranks are the ones that say you can't wear a mask and they're not affected. And then the next week, of course, you know, we've always known this. And those other people were just overcautious, didn't really know what they're talking about, and they really weren't experts in the first place. But then the next week, we're listening to them again. Right. Well, people were um, hoodwinked into believing a lot of things over the last three years. Like the, I was on the subway here in New York today, and they still have these those signs up. You know, like they've kept those signs in so many businesses here in Chicago and all the blue cities still have businesses with all these signs. San Francisco is the worst. They still have like stupid signs. And here they do too, you know, masking, vaccine. They just never took the signs off. And so in the subway, there's a sign and it says conductor, conductor area. Make sure you keep, and it had a little, you know, animation of a conductor with a mask on with his thumbs up and uh, make sure you keep your social distance. That's social distance is a psychops term. That never existed before 2020. Why didn't, why, why before, up until the 21st century, we never heard of this social distancing when it comes to anything is even, even flu or coughs or colds or bronchitis or diseases. We never did this social distancing thing. All this stuff, social social distancing, six feet. Yeah, they're all terms that are psychops, basically. It's a static term that just comes out of nowhere. It's not. 
something. Yeah, it, it's an engineered term. It, exactly. It's an engineered, very good. It's an engineered term. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and people assume like it's been around forever. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Social distancing. No, it, it was never mentioned. I never heard that term before 2020. And we've had diseases that were a lot more communicable, or at least of course. As, more, as much, but it's certainly on the same level. I have never heard in any flu season, even a bad flu season, anyone say social distancing ever. So it was, as you say, it was an engineered term by probably Fauci and company and others who put it there to get it into the psyche of the American that social distancing but is the thing to do and that it would it work. Then they just on the roadside like a garbage. And you right. know what I mean? Like these, yeah. it just, these policies that don't go away or that people manipulate because they were never meaningful in the first place, they just accumulate and are abused in different ways. Right. Or just neglected. And then, you know, a lot of the times I think it is just neglect because the whole thing's so incompetent in the first place. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, well, one last thing, I guess, before I bore you. What, what would you say is the restriction that pissed you off most? Because I was listening to the Jimmy Dore show, and they said there's some researcher that was saying that social distancing was the most uh, one that set people off the most. And I wasn't sure about that because I think masks really set people off. But then, you know, to me, personally, nothing crosses the line as far as the kinds of mandates that said you had to be vaccinated. Because, that, you know, if you're forced to wear a mask or not, you can avoid that area. Don't take the plane. Mm -hmm. Wear the mask, you know, oh, I wore a mask. The, now yeah. injecting yourself with something or losing your job is such a, uh existential thing to force on people. You know what the I mean? The vaccine mandates was the most insidious, the most fascist of all the mandates. I, I, think, I think I agree. Masking was the longest and most annoying right. of all the mandates. It was just and most, and annoying. Most incoherent, probably, just the way yeah. it went on and off, but... Uh, yeah, and it was just right and and dropped and brought back and and I think in San Francisco, uh, uh, on the city level, it was dropped and brought back three times. I think in California, three or four times state level. Um, it was basically whenever morons like Gavin Newsom and London Breed and Barbara Farrar and so on and so forth uh, felt the whim to bring them back. I bet you they could all find research that showed that when they told them not to wear masks, that uh, no one got sick anyway, so don't worry about it. Right? They can look yeah. at the statistics and just account for that, I'm sure, somehow. Right. Retroactively. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think vaccine mandates were um, the worst as far as being the most fascist. But once again, those were basically only in, what, five or six places, Right. Where those I mask think a mandates. Lot of universities, were, university students, I think a lot of them had to take vaccines that I really don't think had to, or they were very highly pressured to because they couldn't be on campus. And, you know, you want to go to college online. Uh, yeah. I think that and employers, some, some employers like Mark Cuban, apparently. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get to Mark Cuban. Maybe tomorrow. I didn't yeah. even get to that fucking moron. I mean, what a yeah. moron Mark Cuban is. Usually but, it wasn't like a statewide thing, I agree. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, true, true moron. Yeah, that that's we need we need to take our advice from billionaires because we know billionaires certainly have our best interests in mind. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's, the Mark Cuban that. thing is so stupid. He's an idiot. I, I mean, I live in Illinois where JB Pritzker, the billionaire, came to save us all. So I'm not familiar.
Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like Mark Cuban and Bill Gates, they, they care about humanity so much. That's how they made all that money, caring about humanity, right? Apparently. Philanthropy is yeah. very profitable if you start off rich. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Yeah. It's a good talk with you here, Mike. Yeah, Andrew. Good talking to you also. Look Thanks for the call. The Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Daniel. Daniel, up the floor in San Francisco. I am out for a walk in San Francisco near uh, nearing Chestnut and Fillmore area. Chestnut and Fillmore. Okay. Marina area. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but yep. Um, before uh, 2020, um, all social distancing meant to me was uh, what, what, what I did with 98% of my Match.com dates after the date. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, keep a certain distance. Don't come within a mile and a half of me. Right? <laughs> yeah, restraining orders. Um, restraining order. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'd never heard of social distancing before 2020, ever. And one of the main things I wanted to comment about was um, this attitude that I hear from people, and I've heard it from a few callers, um, and that is, uh, they don't think there'll be any accountability, any accounting mm -hmm. for all the grotesque policies that were forced upon us. Um, but I, I disagree. Um, there's, for one thing, there are so many of us that realize how devastating this has been to our country. Um, not just the individuals and our population and our communities, but the fabric of our country. The, the law is how damaging it is to the law. And one thing that everyone doesn't consider, you hear frequently that, uh, oh, the, the media isn't going to report on it, the media is going to spin it. Well, the fourth estate, the legacy media, is dying, it is literally dying. I mean, you're talking about Joe Rogan. There's um, every, everyone that's on Twitter, um, if, if they're smart, builds a um, sort of a a basis of, of people that they know that they can trust that are experts in different situations um, and different uh, topics and uh, different backgrounds. For, for example, I have kind of my go-to people when it comes to law. I have my go-to people when it comes to detailed medical science. I have my go-to people when it comes to engineering. And um, these are people that I've you know, built up relationships with and come to trust from just watching their behavior and watching the type of information and they, they um, uh, um, propagate and, and who they propagate it to. Um, so that, that's the fifth estate. That is, that is a citizen media. And uh, it is going to overtake and destroy the fourth estate. And the fourth estate is, is largely dead um, already. Um, they are, as they have called them, the mercenary media. And the reason they became, a big reason for them becoming the mercenary media was simply that their business model got turned upside down by the Internet when everything started going online. And they didn't know what to do with their – no longer were they having paper advertising like they were before. And people were just, you know, flipping by uh, ads on the internet and fast forwarding and, and, uh, and no one's really seen the advertisements um, like they would in hard copy. Um, it just, it just totally changed their business model. So they had this big incentive to find some other source of revenue and becoming mercenaries for big pharma 
for the medical for the medical industrial complex and for the military industrial complex um, became very very tempting to them and they went for it and so you see the most the most liberal of media sources now are big pharma's biggest buddy just think of it only only five years ago think of of that, whether 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 that could you could actually visibly see that it's as clear as, as we have over the last three years. Or think about the, the Democratic Party being um, cheerleaders for war in Ukraine mm-hmm. five years ago. Couldn't have happened. Right. They changed no. their entire bers- uh, business model, become mercenaries, and they yep. killed. They killed their brand. And up, so we have people rising like like Joe Rogan. Like he brought up that man. What what is his viewing audience? It's got to be huge compared to anybody on CNN. Anybody? Well, he's probably bigger than anybody in the legacy media at all. He is. Yes, millions. And, and millions why is millions. that? Yeah. It, it, why is that? He's not an expert on anything. He's not the smartest man in the world. He's simply somebody that knows to ask questions. He's inquisitive. Yes, exactly. He's a very right. inquisitive fellow. And think about that. Let's think about that for a second, Daniel. He's very inquisitive. He asks questions. Why are people so threatened by that? Yep. Because that is that is the most threatening thing somebody in the media can do. And, and he has questions. The fourth estate, the fourth estate stopped doing and, that. And it's so rare, people aren't even used to it. They're like, oh, what is this? What is this? What is what is this here? Is this some satanic ritual? He's asking questions of people. What is that? He, he he's actually he's actually an inquisitive person who wants to know things, who wants to get at the truth and real answers. What 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 is the what kind of wizardry is this? These people are so stupid, and they go on and they bash him as though he's just doing three hours of opinions. He's not. He does interviews for three hours where he gets to ask real questions that are on the minds of the masses, the millions of people who watch him are thinking the same things he's asking. He's asking them, you know who was very good at that? It was Larry King. He was the master of the dumb question. When I say dumb question, I don't mean stupid question. I mean the question that's on everyone's mind that's so obvious that only he would ask. And it's that kind of stuff that people want to see. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I want to know that. I've, no one's ever asked that, that very obvious, simple question. And Larry King did that all the time. And Rogan does a lot of that, where he just simply says, as, like, as a layman, this is what I want to know. This is what I've always wanted to ask about these issues. And that really threatens people. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, what was the... Uh the illiberals' uh, motto uh, about eight years ago or so is uh, speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't even ask power a question. Now, I mean, it's just, it's just off the table. I mean, do you ever see anybody in the legacy media asking anybody, anybody at all, tough questions on any matter? I don't. No. Not even easy questions. Nope. And like, I, like I said earlier... That's why Hotez goes on CNN, MSNBC, because he knows he can just spew bullshit and they'll never follow up. They'll never hold them accountable. They'll just accept whatever he takes because these are not serious people. They are simply corporate shills 
who want to promote Big Pharma because they take up 80% of the ads on their shows, which pay their salaries. They're huge, enormous salaries that they shouldn't be getting paid anyway. Um, where Joe Rogan doesn't have those kinds of uh, strings attached. He doesn't, he's not beholden to anybody. And he's really inquisitive and he wants to know the answer and he wants to get at the truth. And that's why they hate him. Yes, of course. You know, um, all, of what, all of what you said is, is spot on. Um, but with respect to Hotez, I, I didn't even know much about the guy. And, and this is um, simply because I don't have a television. Um, so I didn't have really for you. much about him or from him over the last three years. Maybe a couple of videos I saw and just thought, oh, what a buffoon. Who is this guy? Um, you know, because he was, he was spouting just absolute BS. Um, and, and yeah, that's as much as I ever ever thought of him. But now he seems to be um, front and center with, with respect to the uh, accountability issue and some of the um, mouthpieces for big pharma that um, have made a big presence on TV. But like I said, I didn't have, I don't have a television. Haven't had one for over twenty two years. And and so yeah, he's not been a big big part of, of uh, the. Um, of my uh, group of enemies. But what's truly frightening, Daniel, are all these, once again, we've talked about doctors on Twitter, but all these people who are coming to defense, these doctors who are saying, oh, I'm defending my good friend, Peter Hotez. What a great doctor he is. I mean, if anything, like I said, there are people out there who just trust what a doctor says no matter what. Over the last three years, I've come to distrust doctors more than ever before. And I think many people are in that boat. Yes, many are. And, and that is just very, very, very distressing. Um, and we're already seeing, you know, rises in excess deaths, which may in part be due to that. Um, but the thing that's really distressing about this whole discussion when it comes to experts is that um, there is one side, there's kind of two broad perspectives people have now. Is one is kind of the... Uh, um, you know, um, cheerleading for the experts trademark. Um, and then there's the, they're saying, no, we should be questioning the experts. Um, and look, look how much damage the experts did over the last three years. But, but, but both of the sides are, are framing this wrong. Um, in my opinion, because we didn't have you know, said this over and over and over again. We did not hear from the experts these last three years. There's yeah. plenty of experts out there that wanted a mouthpiece and they were censored. They wanted to speak and they were censored. They were beaten down. Every physician out there that I know, my ex-wife, myself, everybody that I know that when I talk to them about this issue, they're saying this is batshit crazy. But would any practicing physician, my wife, for ex-wife, for example, I think I said my wife, ex-wife, um, my ex-wife, for example, would she speak up and say to Kaiser admin, this is ridiculous. This masking stuff is ridiculous. This vaccination requirement for us is ridiculous. No, none of them are going to do that because medicine has become so centralized. There's so much power in, in the various HMOs, and we only have a few of them, really, in the United States and on the West Coast. That they they simply can't do that. Mm -hmm. They cannot do that. They are at risk of losing their livelihood. They are at risk of essentially, without losing their license, losing their ability to practice medicine. So they tough it out and they think maybe there's some way that I can influence people. 
and, and you know, to, to not get the vaccines, to, 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 to you know, resist the, the mask hysteria because it has become so damaging to our um, society. And when it comes to this question of what was worse, the lockdowns, the mask, or the um, vaccine forced and coerced vaccinations, um, that, that again, is, is, is a question that I, I don't even really um, entertain. Um, and it's because the masks are what fed in to the vaccination. The masks are what created the hysteria that caused the vaccination, the coerced vaccinations and the forced vaccinations. Without this masking, this would not have happened. I, yes, so, so the the mask were kind of like the entryway into that, right? Because we can we can show that we can control people with this, and well, they'll do not, whatever not we say that, with this. They were, they were a, a ever present reminder on everybody's face that you saw in San Francisco. If you walked outside of your apartment, you would see everyone masked outside, inside, yep. everywhere. A constant reminder of this virus which causes a disease that we're even at the worst moments probably no worse than the flu and now <laughs> over the last two years it's no worse than the common cold i got you of course and, absolutely and, 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 and but they created this hysteria around it and the biggest tool that they had for creating that hysteria was these masks so um which is worse well which came first and in this case uh, what came first? What came first is the mask. But did that do the most damage physically? No, vaccines did. But you weren't going to have one without the other. That's good. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. We also we allowed it. We allowed it. The people allowed it. We allowed that authoritarianism. We didn't say no. You know what I'm saying? We didn't yeah. say no. People allowed it. And so once they saw that, that was like, you know, it's like, it's the same thing as any kind of authoritarian doing some kind of a sick, you know, sociological experiment. It's like, let's see how far we can go, right? And they saw that. So they kept going further. So the, the masking, the, the lockdowns, the lockdowns first, then the masking. Remember, the lockdowns came. Those were the absolute first. Then about a month later, the masking. And then as the vaccines were produced, the vaccine mandates, they, they saw what they could do. And they kept on going further and further and further. And that I, I would I would hope I, I can't be sure of this in parts of this country. I'm very sure of it in other parts. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure of it. That next time that enough people will say, no, we're not doing this. We're simply not doing this. Uh, if you try to make us do it, there's going to be trouble. That's what I'm hoping. But. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to hope for that, too. Um, what's what we can we we need real accountability so that we do not have to stand up and do that. We need right. the accountability so that the law itself and enforcement of laws is enough of a deterrent. And the consequences of doing something like this, when there is accountability, the consequences of doing something like this will be enough deterrent so that we do not have to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. People simply will think we can't do this or else it's going to be a big cost to our whatever, our corporation, our, our brand, um, our political aspirations. Um, yeah. So that's what, that, you know, of course, that's where that accountability comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, Mike, that's all I wanted to say. And you got you had a lot of good calls tonight. Um, show, yep. show love, love your show, and, and I'll, I'll talk to you Thanks. later. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, let's go to Jenny. How you doing, oh, Jenny? I'm so glad you're covering this story. It's definitely <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the big story to me. I don't want to bury the lead. I think this is you know, Hotez well, is the big story. It's everybody's talking about it, and um, I did a show on it earlier tonight. Bill was gracious gracious enough to come be my co-host, so we covered a lot of it too. But the thing I've been thinking about for the last hour is the people who are on the fence about everything that's gone down. Um, what I'm noticing is many of them are saying things like, I'm hearing things I've never heard before. I'm hearing things that if I had known about bef- before I took the COVID shot or gave my kids their vaccines, uh, maybe I wouldn't have done it. Um, mm. I don't know how to feel right now. This is definitely rocking my world. And so it's exciting for me as a long-term vaccine abolitionist. I've been an activist for many years um, to, to be experiencing this moment when for so many years we've just been gaslit and told to shut up and dealt with in, in overly, um, God, I even hate to claim it because people always say I'm crazy, but censorious ways, mm-hmm. including being killed. My mm-hmm. dear friend, Sherry Kane, if you just Google her name, Sherry Kane, You'll find her obituary. She was one of the top vaccine abolitionist activists, a journalist. She worked at Fox News in Los Angeles for years and then went independent and wrote some of the most damning information about the vaccine manufacturers over the last 20 years. And she um, she died unexpectedly. I believe she was killed Mm -hmm. and she had a brain aneurysm and died. And I've been mourning my friend now for two years and and thinking so much about what she sacrificed to be able to be a truth teller and how this this weekend would have for her been really important and really big and so i'm thinking about the babies who've been damaged the moms who've lost their children to spontaneous abortion after getting the covid shot i'm thinking about all the families who've gotten divorced because one parent wanted to vaccinate and one parent didn't and that was enough of an issue to say no we're not we're not going to be a family anymore and all the, the children heartbroken about mom and dad not loving each other. And the courts, over the years, the courts tend to side with the parent that is willing to vaccinate. And the mom or dad who says, no, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sign off on this. They're many times just kind of left hanging, you know, while they have to watch their own children submit to this stuff and sometimes be damaged by it. I mean, there's so much human wreckage, Mike, you can almost not really quantify it. And it's been concentrated the past three years with COVID. And so we have this moment when uh, many people who've lost a loved one, who have a damaged family member or friend are saying, all right, it's time to do something. It's time to take the gloves off. And here we have this man. If you watch the whole three hours of the Joe Rogan interview at the last five minutes, Joe's like, are you, are you afraid? Are you concerned? They're going to come kill you. And he said, I don't walk in fear of those people. And it was like, okay, this is a leader. This is someone who we can all kind of go, yeah, I want, I want this type of a man at the helm of our government and right. dealing with these out-of-control agencies right. whose own father and uncle were murdered by the CIA. I want mm-hmm. someone like him in charge. You know? Yes. Yeah. Of the other truth-tellers who were assassinated in the 60s, right? There were several of them. 
and two of them were his, you know, uncle and father. But it's uh, what's amazing is the, you know, I I I follow a lot on on Twitter. Obviously, I, I do this show and I follow a lot of stuff on Twitter and and lesser degree Facebook. And what's amazing is you could tell right away the establishment roaches are starting to scramble. Right, they're all starting. To, all these all these COVID cultists like Hotez, they're they're all they're all scrambling around and they're trying to find a way to stay, um, uh, uh, stay in the public eye. They're trying to hang on and they know that their credibility is, is, is fading away. They know it. They see it. They say people are finally, more and more people are finally catching on to them every day, right? That what charlatans these people are. So they're trying to do things like typical, you know, character assassination of like RFK Jr. Right. And, when we all know that RFK Jr., the, he has more integrity in his, his little pinky than these people have in their entire bodies, that he's never had to rely on Big Pharma to make money. He's never had to rely on anybody to make money. He's his own man because he's always had his family money, and he doesn't need it. He doesn't. He's not beholden to anybody. He's not beholden to anybody. And they are totally afraid of that. They're afraid of him. They're, they've always been, go through time, they've always been afraid of Kennedys, always. And so they're afraid of this guy. So they're trying to take him down and character assassinate him. And fucking, you know, old uh, decrepit morons like George Takai is saying things like, well, if you like RFK Jr., you're not a serious person. No, no. If you like an 82-year-old fucking Alzheimer's, stage four Alzheimer's patient who doesn't know if people are living or dead, doesn't know which way to enter or exit a stage, is always going to shake hands of people who aren't there, who are calling up people on the stage who are dead, who are saying, God, God save, save the, the queen. queen in Connecticut. No, this is a serious person. You're, you're a serious person if you want 80-fucking-five-year-old Joe Biden running the country. Who, who the fuck are these? I don't mean to curse at you, but who the fuck are these people? Who do they think they're fooling with this shit? Are you all kidding me? All they're doing is pissing us all off. That's yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Mark, it's... That's the best rejoinder. I'm going to use that. What is? <laughs> so so your, your thoughtful leader is Joe Biden. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Your thoughtful leader is, is, is Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's like your... I said, it's a moment. It's a moment in the zeitgeist. The primaries are hot right now. Yeah. Everybody's hot under the collar. We're all kind of fighting with each other. I said to BK in a text message the other day, I said, the clash of ideas is the sound of freedom. Yeah. And this is what we've needed. We need debate on the vaccine issue. We need hearty debate on every issue. And it's exactly the lack, it's the lack of debate that's been right. the biggest issue for me over these past few decades. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to talk. And so in the future on this show, we are going to debate whether or not. The Sopranos is a feminist masterpiece. I'm sorry, I was just reading that. <laughs> In BK's <laughs> with the Sopranos. Well, one day we're going to talk about that. It's getting too late today. Maybe on a Friday show. Well, I'm obsessed with Sopranos. I love the Sopranos, but I never thought of it as a feminist masterpiece. But I'm like Joe Rogan. I'm very willing to be inquisitive and hear more about that. Yeah. You know, so it's. I think, uh, I think what made that interview extra special was Joe's willingness to let him talk. That was the main thing. But the questions he asked were so piercing and specific. Why did he lie? 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, this is what someone who's a real journalist would do. Tell me more. Let's explore this. And then Kennedy's got 10 stories to back up his, his assertion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, this is why the magic all came together in those three hours. It is Joe's ability to just say, all right, I'm going to suspend disbelief and just go where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And man, that is a gift. That is a gift. Well, and people don't realize, which is why I wanted to give some history earlier in the show, is that this thing between RFK Jr. and Hotez goes back to before COVID, right? Because Rogan interviewed Hotez Watt in 2019. So this is like, this goes back well before COVID. This is about child immunization, right? And RFK Jr. has always had a bone to pick with Hotez. And Hotez has never wanted to debate RFK Jr., because he knows he, he can't win. No, he can't. And it's you know. going to be funny to see if he actually tries. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah, no, I, Hotez will never debate RFK Jr. He'll never do it. Because RFK Jr. is one of the few people who knows all of his lies. and has all the information and all the evidence on all of his lies. And can debunk everything he's saying. And will yes. will do things... That the mainstream media doesn't do, which is simply saying, you say all this stuff works and does this, that, and the other thing. Well, where's the data? You see, these people never provide data, Jenny. I know. They just say, take all, we're doctors. We see it. Take all word for it. No, he uh, That's not the way the world works. This is not, you know, the 14th century. This is the 21st century. We, we use data, right? And they never... Yeah. His daughter. He uses his autistic daughter as a human shield. He's written a book about it. And it's like, you can't attack me because I am the ultimate virtue signal in the form of my autistic daughter. Right. So don't you go there or you're, I'm going to say you're mean. Right. Uh, and I've noticed several of these types of people, they do that. Oh, Hotek actually called people who, who uh, refuted his stuff during COVID as anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. They'll use that, too. Yeah. Yeah. The guy is the biggest fake, but I don't get it. Maybe I have this ability that some people don't have, but all I needed to see was the image of this guy from three years ago of his fat face in the camera with that stupid bow tie with a lab coat in his bedroom. I knew he was a fucking moron. I knew he was a lunatic from day one. From day one, I knew this guy was a lunatic, just simply a professional drug pusher. He's a professional drug dealer. He deals in drugs in the form of vaccines for big pharma. That's what he does. Yeah, and he's made a lot of money doing it. And gotten very popular doing it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But people have been hurt and died due to his actions, which he knows are killing people but doesn't care. To me, that's criminal, and he should be in jail. Agree, agree. Thanks for taking my call, Mike. Sure, Jenny. Thanks for calling, as always. Okay. Um, I'm going to wrap up the show in a minute. I did want to – Ian Miller has been all over this stuff. And uh, it's funny. UN Development puts out a tweet, and it says, Misinformation, disinformation, and hate speech threaten peace and security, disproportionately affecting those who are already vulnerable. iVerify is our automated fact-checking tool that can identify false information and prevent its spread. Right. So we're going to go to the UN – for UNDP for the facts. The UN is going to tell us what's real. 
<laughs> but they can put this stuff up because they know enough Americans are moronic enough to believe it. So Ian Miller writes, I'm wondering if the UN is going to automatically, in quotes, fact check the World Health Organization's claims that 3.4% of people that got COVID were going to die, or that there was no human-to-human COVID transmission, or that masks stopped transmission, or that there was no lab leak. Somehow the censors who make themselves the arbiters of truth and information never seem to be concerned about the damaging lies they tell. So, once again, this shows what hypocrites these people are, how full of shit they truly are, right? Where was I verify? He's right. Where was I verify when WHO was saying that 3.4% of people that got COVID were going to die when it ended up being whatever it was, 0.00 whatever. Where, where is it? Where, where's the fact checking? Where's the accountability on it? So there's all these fact checks. Or This is, once again, this is Orwellian. This is government propaganda. This is the UN. This is propaganda. This is Orwell. This is 1984. Listen to us. We'll tell you what's true and what's not. Don't do your own. No, we don't want you doing your own uh, investigation. We don't want you using your brain and the interweb to do your own investigation and your own research. You listen to what we say. You can't get more Orwellian than that. Um, there's a lot. There's more Hotez videos. There's also the Trump videos with uh, Brett Bear, which I think are funny and hilarious and wonderful. Um, there's Hotez with the other guy. I'll, 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 this is probably going to be a week long thing, whether we like it or not. So at least this week. So tomorrow I'll talk more about this, but. Um, but the other guy, what's his name? Eric Fingle Dingle 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 Dongy. He's another one who's been, uh, you know, promoting false information for for three years. But it it what saddens me. I'll end on this note. I always have to add on a send note. What what? Yeah, and BK. By the way, we will one Friday, very soon. I want to do that. I want to do a. I want to have you on, and we'll talk about the Sopranos. Um, and you can give me your angle about. The feminist part of it, which I, I really want to hear, I'm interested. I have some, I, I have some ideas. I, I think I, I might know where you're coming from, but we'll talk about the Sopranos. But um, it, what saddens me is that it's so obvious. Just on this one thing, they told us the vaccines would stop the spread. They told us. They all said from their mouths many times in 20. 21. You get these vaccines. Walensky said it. You get the vaccines, you're not going to get a spread COVID. Fauci, you get the vaccines, you're not going to get a spread COVID. Trump, uh, Biden, Biden, right? Biden, you get these vaccines, Jack, you're not going to get COVID, right? Rachel Maddow, the virus stops with these vaccines. It ends it, you know, when she seriously looks into the camera and tells us about the history, she tells us everything she knows, this brilliant woman knows that we don't know. They all said that. They were all wrong. Why would anyone listen to them after that? Why aren't Americans saying, yeah, obviously they were wrong. We shouldn't get this thing. It's sad that we live in a country where it's so obvious. This just happened two years ago. And there was all this lead up, all this hype over these vaccines. And they were totally wrong. 110% wrong. And yet people still believe what these people say. That's sad. 
That shows we live in a very, like I said, I truly believe, I'm sorry, this is the dumbest nation. I know there are other dumb nations. I know people in Australia bought it, Canada, UK, I get it. I believe this is the dumbest nation. And we're living in the dumbest of times with the dumbest people. Very scary. Incredibly scary. That people didn't stop listening to these morons as soon as they realized they lied about the vaccines stopping the spread of COVID. Anyway, okay. Well, we had a good show today. We had a good show today. And I'll be back in uh, San Francisco later in the week. Actually, I think uh, tomorrow night should be my last show from New York. If I'm not out, if not out having a good time, you know, but I, no, I'll probably be here. But you look on the schedule and uh, probably around usual time, 11 o'clock uh, Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And then once I get back to San Francisco, we'll probably go back to our usual time. But more about that later. Um, okay, great show. Thanks for everyone who called today. We had Bill called and Andrew called and Daniel called and and Jenny called. And, of course, Bill and uh, – well, Bill and Melchior and Karthik, uh, Karthik and Maui. How about that? On vacation, he calls the show. That's great. All right. Well, um, until next time, this is Mike Achopoli. The name of the show is also And Let's Be Heard. And I want to remind you that your influence counts. Use it.